Welcome to Unchain Your Inner Strength Podcast. This is a podcast where we empower spiritual entrepreneurs to create a soulful life and business aligned to who you truly are. I am your host, Maria C. Krause, and I am passionate about helping women find the way back to their authentic selves. We achieve this by writing and sharing your unique story and become a best-selling author. Needless to say, one of my favorite things to do is read and write. I am also fascinated with the deep blue of the sky, the stars, and the moon, and I freaking love ice cream, tons of it. In this podcast, I invite special guests from all different backgrounds and niches of expertise to share with you their most divine and mind-blowing tips and tools to help you thrive in all areas of your life. Enjoy this week's episode. So welcome to another episode of Unchained Your Strength Podcast for Spiritual Entrepreneurs. And today we have Karen Yates with a very, very interesting story. So make sure you pay attention to this, okay? Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself so everybody can get to know you. Uh, thanks, Maria, for having me, first of all. But yeah, I was living just a normal American life. I had a job. I worked as a research chemist, pharmaceutical research chemist in the lab every day, trying to find new medications for, for all kinds of ailments from cancer to arthritis and so many things in between. I did that for 20 years and got married, had two kids along the way, just following kind of this normal straight path that had been really designed for me that mm-hmm. really wasn't of my choice. But 2018 hit and my husband and I found ourselves at a really low point in our marriage. We're really struggling. And to add to the stress of that, we were about broke. And there's a number of reasons for that. Uh, Don't need to get into all the details there, but we were at a really, really tough point. And we looked at each other and we said, man, we have to do something different because this is not working. We can't keep going like this. We're not where we want to be. We're not living the life that we want to live. Mm-hmm. And so what we started doing was really having these heartfelt conversations, these real deep emotional conversations. And what came out was that we both really wanted to spend more time with each other and more time with our two kids. And we said, we can't do that with the job that I'm working. You know, it, there was no flexibility. There's no remote time. It's, you know, you are in the lab from you know, seven to five every day. So we started to get creative. Like, what can we do? How can we possibly spend more time together? I can't get more vacation time as much as, you know, that sounds wonderful. It wasn't an option. It's a limit. So we looked at it. Absolutely. Very Mm. limited, you know, three weeks out of the year. And, you know, we were planning those days down to, you know, (laughs) so much trying to cram in as much as we could. And it, it just wasn't happening. And, So we came up with this idea of what if we were to actually leave our normal life and do something different. And so kind of this crazy idea comes up and we're like, Oh, what if we like traveled the world with our kids? I'm like, okay, first of all, it was a crazy idea. When I first heard it, I was like, Mm -hmm. you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is insane. Who does this? (laughs) But I went to work the next day and I started thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wow, this would be amazing. We would spend all this time with each other. We spend all this time with our children. We'd get to pursue this passion that we have to see new places, a passion that we thought we'd only get to do once we retired. And we'd get to combine all of this. And we're like, yeah, this sounds wonderful. So I won't say that this was a decision made lightly. 
because it definitely so, was yeah. not. Well, like, this kudos to you, Karen, for, um, you said you were a low point of your marriage and what you actually found the solution to be better is like to actually spend more time together. <laughs> you know, a lot of people go the different direction is okay, this is it. That's, that's, that's where we finish and, you know, and probably get a divorce or something like that. But I, I love, I, fair play to you guys. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a very conscious decision on both of our parts that we wanted to salvage our marriage. We really wanted to fix it. Mm. And so we said, how do we do that? Well, we don't do that by avoiding each other. You know, yeah. we really had to come together and, and talk. And that was really fundamental in us getting to where we are today. Of course, yeah. So we were at this point, we had committed to doing this. We're like, okay, yes, we really want to do this. But we had to figure out how to make it happen because you can't do chemistry remotely. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know, so we didn't have remote jobs. We were didn't have money in the bank at all. And we just really got together and made it happen. You know, found ways to put money towards our goals and really made it happen. And so less than a year later, we were actually boarding a plane, all four of us wow. with one-way tickets to Bali. And we had one year's worth of expenses saved up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking about being so broke looked- and then being on a plane. <laughs> Absolutely. We looked back on that time and we said, Oh my gosh, we made this happen. You know, we went for a low, from a low point in our marriage to being in a much better place with our relationship than we ever had been. And we had all of this money that was being directed towards our goal. Mm-hmm. And we said, wow, this is something that we absolutely have to share with others that they don't need to feel that they can't do something because they don't have the money. And they don't need to feel that the only way to you know solve problems with their spouse is to just, you know, back away and and avoid issues. Mm -hmm. And so it was really that that came together, looking back at our experience and saying, this is what we need to do. This is what we feel passionate to do is to share with others how they can do this themselves, whether their dream is to travel full time or their dream is something entirely different, you know, whether it be, you know, just a house on the lake or, you know, a really nice vacation. Everybody yeah. has dreams. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And Karen, how did it feel that moment when you jump on that plane, when you were on that plane sitting there? How did it feel <laughs> physically, emotionally? I mean, like, probably had this big smile on your face that you couldn't shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of this like, <sighs> you know, this relaxation really of, all the stress of making it happen because, you know, when you're divesting yourself of, of nearly all of your worldly goods, you know, <laughs> we kept some clothes and, and very minimal other things. You know, there's a lot of, oh my gosh, decision overwhelm was kind of insane because you're constantly making decisions as you're going through this. And, and so getting on the plane, well, it was like, right? Like, I mean, fast decisions, it's not that you have there like time to think. I mean, the more you think about it, you end up talking yourself out of it anyways. <laughs> Absolutely. And as you go through like your house, like we were in, in shock of like how much we had stuffed in this house, you know, just like in the linen closet, how many sets of towels did we have and sheets and, and you, okay, what do I do with these? And, yeah. You know, so just decision overwhelm and, and lots and lots of that. And so getting on that plane, it was just a sigh of relief that, yes, we did this, we are here. And, and then it's just this excitement that like, oh my gosh, like I'd never been out of North America. Wow. We've gone to Mexico. (laughs) We've gone to Mexico (laughs) twice. I'd been in Canada, but 
beyond that, I've never been outside of North America. And here we are heading to Bali. Wow. Um, (laughs) So just this overwhelming excitement for like, yes, we are doing this. That's awesome. Oh, my God. And we have spoken before. She never told me she had left like the the States. That's amazing, though. That is a huge decision, especially having two kids, because that's something that somebody does like, you know, when they're when they finish secondary school or when they're after college and they're like, yeah, I'll go and travel the world. Uh, but like having two kids and doing that it's it's amazing though fair play to you guys and Karen tell me in the year that before when you made that decision how how much how was the budgeting what was it I mean you got rid did you do sales yard did you sell everything that was in the house (laughs) what was the steps like can you share a little bit more sure absolutely so we did sell most of sell or give away Uh, We donated a heck of a lot of stuff that we had. Um, And that was a whole process of going through what do we really need and who can best use this? Because if we couldn't sell it, we wanted to give it to someone who could use it. Yeah, That was something that was very, very important to us. Um, But as far as the money goes, we've never believed in budgeting. We've never been on a budget at all. But we were really, really good about making decisions together and Mm -hmm. making sure that they were aligned with that goal of traveling. So one of the big decisions that we made was we had two vehicles, one of which was paid off and the second of which we were paying on monthly. And we're looking at it and I was driving that second vehicle to work, which was literally like, I don't know, a 10 minute drive. So every day I would drive 10 minutes to work and I would park the car at work and then I would drive 10 minutes back home and it would sit in the driveway. And that's the only, yeah, that's the only reason you use the car basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we would use it here and again, but it wasn't imperative. And so we looked at each other and we said, man, this, this adds up to a lot of money, right? You've got the monthly payment, you've got the insurance, you've mm-hmm. got maintenance on it and all of this. And we said, is this really helping us towards our goal? And we made the decision that no, it wasn't. We made that decision together so that we were aligned and saying, you know what, this is what we what we both want to do. It's not one of us saying, oh, we should do this and the other one saying no no it was definitely a decision that we made together to say this is not helping us towards our goal but if we get rid of it it is helping us towards our goal okay yeah all right no budgeting i love that <laughs> but it makes <laughs> it does make a lot of sense. i always say um i remember i read that book um the richest man of babylon i don't know if you ever read it and it's how he becomes the richest man because no matter how much money he made, he always put something into savings. So he said that either you make $10 or you make $100, you can spend the same amount of money. But obviously when we, sp- when we have more money, we ended up spending on things that are necessary because we just have it. Right. Um, I think we're saying this, like, especially us, like we go and like shop for clothes. It's like, Oh my God, it's on sale. And you end up getting a bunch of stuff that then it's just sitting there you never, you probably don't have like the opportunity to wear them or you probably don't even like it after a while or you're like, oh yeah, well, I just bought it because it was on sale, <laughs> you know, those things. Uh, but you learn, you learn how to, you learn, you to learn to have a better relationship with money, right? Absolutely. And that really is the key is what we really found was we needed to be intentional when we were spending money, which is not to say that we didn't enjoy life in that year. Yeah. You know, we still did things that we enjoyed, but when we did them, we were just much more intentional about enjoying them. Yeah. So if we cut down on going out to dinner, which is something we both enjoy, 
Okay, well, when we did go out to dinner, we were like, yeah, this is a treat and this feels good. And it's really internalizing that feeling that you are treating yourself Mm -hmm. rather than just going through the motions and saying, okay, well, we go out to dinner every Friday night because that's what we do. Yeah. And then it just becomes a routine and you're just routinely spending money and you're not being intentional about it and you're not really getting the enjoyment out of it that you could be. Yeah, that's right. Lovely. Let's talk a little bit about this, how to make decisions together. Because I was mentioning it to Karen. I had, um, I had opportunity. Well, I had like clients coming to me that wanted to work with me. And when they said, oh, I'm going to check with my husband, I was like, I was kind of taken aback because I'm, I never did. You know, I was one of the, the person that, yeah, we had money that we shared, but then I had my own. Like if I wanted something, I wouldn't ask for permission, you know, or permission or just double check. Um, well, I'll, I'll, you see in my head, I would think it's permission, which is not permission. You're making a decision together <laughs> and that's very different, but uh, how, how do you work on that? How, you know, especially with entrepreneurs that happens, you know, women that want to invest in hiring coaches or hiring a team. And then there's that, if there's like money that is like together, like combined. Absolutely. And Maria, you hit on it right there. It is partially about mindset. You know, why, how are you going into this conversation with your spouse, with your husband in this case, right? How are you going into that conversation? Are you going in there seeking permission? Are you going in there convinced that your answer is the right answer? Or are you going into the conversation saying, you know what, this is what I feel really good about. And that's really where you get down to it. When you start to take conversations about money. They can be very, very difficult, very stressful. Some Mm -hmm. people really avoid that or there's conflict. You know, we see that a lot. There's either conflict or avoidance. And sometimes avoidance leads to conflict and conflict leads to avoidance. And it just comes to this nasty point where you don't want to talk about money because it's inevitably going to end up in an argument. Mm -hmm. But, But changing the mindset about how both partners go into that conversation is really crucial because we're not looking at it as who wins or who loses. It's what is mutually beneficial towards the goals of the couple. And so if it's really important for one spouse to be that entrepreneur and to have the opportunities to have coaching and, and all the other things that create success, then it's really about how that person presents this to their spouse. And so it's not about, okay, this is the best thing that can happen. And, and this is what has to happen. It's really, you know what, this is how I feel. I feel very strongly that I want to do this coaching because I think, you know, X, Y, Z, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to help me, you know, in all of these different ways. And it really comes down to, are you and your spouse aligned with your goals? And it doesn't mean that both spouses have to say, okay, we're going to be entrepreneurs together. Yeah. It means that both of them have to agree that, you know, this is a good route to go. And if there's not agreement on that, then you need to take a step back because it's not about the money at that point. It's really taking a step back and going back to the goals. I was going to ask you that. What, um, how, what would you recommend to someone who, 
probably their partner does not support what they're doing because that's a lot. Of, I think a lot of people go through that as well, that their family and their friends are going like, what the heck are you doing online? You know, uh, but, you know, at the end, like, like this still, it's like that combination. You have the bank account together and, you, you know, it's again, boy, I don't know, for some reason, the word permission keeps coming to my head. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, I think I see it like it is that it, it, it's just like, I think it's the way we were brought up. That when you when you do ask for money, it is it's a generational thing, and especially when you ask permission to your parents to go somewhere, and it's like you have to ask them for money. And it's like this whole thing, and like you get all nervous, and you're like, oh, they're gonna tell me no. You know, it's it is it's a whole physical mental thing. <laughs> it's just like oh, definitely, you're hitting it right on the head there, Maria. It really, you know, the thing about money is it really does come down to our childhood right? How we think about money right now is very much dependent on how we were raised as children as our experiences. And so that's one of the things that we actually talk about is what is your money story? And it really comes down to what are your earliest memories of money? And, you know, was it abundance or was it scarcity? Was it asking permission, right? Or was it freely given? And all of those things influence who you are today. You're not stuck with that, mm -hmm. but understanding where you came from and where your partner came from, that's crucial there. Having that discussion about, you know what, this is how I think about money and this is how you think about money. Okay, well, let's get to a common ground, but you can't do that if you're just assuming that your spouse feels the exact same way that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes down to entrepreneurship and doing things online, yes, we've all experienced that, right? People look at you like you've got three heads because <laughs> why in the world would you do this? And it really, I would say that if you are struggling with that from your spouse, that you really need to have conversations that go down to the emotional level. What does it mean to you to be doing this entrepreneurial route to not follow this set path. You know, mm -hmm. most of us are kind of programmed from a very early age that, okay, you know, this is what you do. You, you go to school and you get a job and then you get married and you have kids and you work and you work and you work and then you retire. Well, entrepreneurs, they don't follow that, right? They have their own path that they want to create. But oftentimes the spouse is still following that programmed path, which is not always a bad thing. Yeah, you can have two spouses that have different routes and it's okay, but you have to get to a point of understanding and of agreeing that, yes, this does make sense. And if, you're, if your spouse is not supportive of that, then that's something that really has to be addressed before you ever get to the money conversation. Yes. Because <laughs> it's never going to happen. If they're not supportive of your business, yeah. they're never going to feel good about saying, yes. You should spend this money on the coaching. It's really going to help yeah. you. It's never going yeah. to happen. And yeah, so you really have to have those conversations about that goal, about what it means to you to be an entrepreneur and why you feel so compelled to follow this route that is different from your spouse's route. Mm -hmm. But you, but you know, it's like, it's good that not every, not that both parties have to do the same thing. Like, it's great that you guys do things together, but you know, it, it, some people do like to work. Some people like to rather do something else and it has to be respected. What I was going to, I think the word permission and like, correct me if I'm wrong, Karen, but I think it comes from like that. I think some parents or even spouses or even in relationship 
people have used money as a control to control the other person as well. And Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, and, and like I said, you know, it does go back, Maria, obviously to your childhood, but definitely there are relationships that are unhealthy where there is control of the finances. And that's really, it really is an unhealthy relationship. And yeah. there's, it's, it's wrong on, on so many different levels. Like no one should feel that they need to seek permission to do something And really the mindset should be, you know what, I'm going to, we're going to talk about this to make sure that it's really aligned with what we both want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as I mentioned, it doesn't have to be the same thing, but your spouse can still be supportive of you and of your entrepreneurial road without wanting to do that themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, I, 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 I keep thinking about this permission and, you know, the control and everything. It's just because, because of that. But you said it, it all comes from like being in an, an, a healthy relationship already. No, because I know a lot of women who have gone through that sort of experience when they grow up or when they, or when they, or they start working at really a young age to be like, well, I got my own money, you know? And when they got it, they get in a relationship as well is they try to separate what is financial because they don't want to be dependent and they don't want anybody depending on them either. Right. Um, right. But it's a whole, it's a whole trauma thing. <laughs> it is a whole trauma thing. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I have a separate account, if we have separate accounts, you know, my husband and I have separate accounts, then that's great because we don't have to, we want to argue about money. You know, I have my money and I'll do what I want with it. He has his money and he'll do whatever he wants with it. But the reality is, is when you get aligned with your goals with each other, then having those separate accounts really just hinders your ability to go after those goals. Mm -hmm. And so we say, you know, put the money together and decide what to do with it together. And it's not about avoiding the argument because really having separate accounts, it's really what you're doing. You're just trying to avoid talking about money Yeah. because, oh, well, my husband can't get upset with me if I spend money from my account. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're really just avoiding the issue. And that's not really, that's not the healthiest way. And it's definitely not the way to get those goals accomplished. Oh, gosh, it's money. I'm, I find money to be such an interesting topic, but not because the paper itself, but the energy that has, because at the end of the day, it is energy. I, mean, I know it's a, like, I've spoken this with other people about, you know, that, that guilt and shame that sometimes we carry, we owe money to someone. And it's like, and it's something completely normal. I mean, You do. I mean, without actually physically owing money, you owe money because like if you have electricity or you have gas or or even your phone bill, you're already owing money because you're using it. <laughs> so, Absolutely. You know, it is. It's not it's not the same as asking somebody for a chunk of money and then owing them. But it is your con that is there constantly. But we carry a lot of shame and guilt with that. A lot of, um, you know, it's, it's hard for people to ask for money or even, you know, ask for help altogether. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot on the topic of money. <laughs> yeah, there are tons of emotions tied up with money. And many of them we don't even realize are there. You know, these things that got set in our childhood, you know, money is very limited or money is everywhere. And so I can just spend what I want. You know, and the fact that you and your partner have different concepts about money is, is not really surprising at all yeah. because, you know, we all have different experiences. Yeah. 
No, because I would say, Karen, like I, I see people try to like, you know, I see people who work with finances and money coaches and they're like, yeah, well, are you being like, if, you ha- if you're being stingy with your money, you try to save and it's like you have trauma. And I'm like, no, I have trauma with money, but it's the other way around. I go around and splurge it and I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I'll make it tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> absolutely (laughs) and that's where the conflict often happens really right is when one person is more spendthrifty and the other is is more of a saver and that really results in a lot of conflict a lot of disagreements (laughs) well I had the other one come and ask me to buy them something because they didn't want to spend their money and they knew I would spend it that's not fair But yeah, which is like I couldn't believe it when that happened. I was like, "But you got money, yeah, but you like to spend it, and I don't like to spend it." I was like, "No, <laughs> buy your own stuff." <laughs> oh, Karen, I oh my god, it's it's so lovely to see somebody doing what they love. I really, it's it's admiring, especially like I said wrapping up everything, leaving with two kids, going to Bali, go to some place that you've never been before. No, because um, people think, oh, either, like you said, wait till they retire or people does it before. And like in between, you spend so much time of your life accumulating stuff that you don't need, uh, that they're not memories. I mean, you don't, you don't create memories by buying new sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Nothing there, right? Like when I, you know, 10 years from now, are you going to remember those sheets and remember the feeling purchase those sheets? No. Not at all. all. That's what I'm saying. But but these things, like you know, going and travel or or as you say, going like making that going out for dinner like a real event, something that you really enjoy. You know, those things are treats, are proper treats. Not when they become a ritual and like when they come like a habit, like, okay, just funny. Cause I was telling a friend, I was like, I celebrated a year of sobriety on two days ago. And I was like, I really wanted to celebrate. And she was like, what did you do? I was like, I went and bought a whole kilo of ice cream. I never do that. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it, you know, but it was, it was that one event that I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, oh, I'm okay now for a while. But it was just like, it was the only way I like, you know, I could figure out how to celebrate it I'm like I've already been on a bike ride I've already been outside I was like I listened to my favorite music I was like I'm going to treat myself with this but um yeah it felt good <laughs> well congratulations on that Maria. that is awesome <laughs> but that's also a great way you know like you like you said you never do that and why shouldn't you you know you bought some ice cream and you enjoyed it it's like yeah <laughs> that's the perfect way to do it right like you're not just spending it like every week okay I buy ice cream yeah no it's like you know this is something special and I really am going to enjoy this Absolutely. and that's really what it's about you know enjoying your life like don't live like a martyr just so you can you know save away every dime that you possibly can but enjoy life and just be mindful of doing it. Be very intentional about enjoying that life. I like that. Well, I like that, that, you know, not living in a budget is great. I was like, it's perfect for me. <laughs> so I was like, that's what I told Karen. I was like, you're going to have to tell me everything by details because I want to know this. <laughs> like, you know, because yeah. it is, people think about like holidays or thinking about what you guys did and like, and it's, it's automatically, oh my God, we're going to have to cut this on this, on this, on this, on that, on everything. No, and then, they end up being miserable because they can't like they can't even go buy a you know a kilo of ice cream because they think they have to save it. 
Absolutely. And that's really what we are against. We are like, you know what, enjoy your life, but, you know, be mindful of what you're doing. And so we absolutely despise budgets, actually, because it puts a very negative mindset about mm-hmm. money, right? You yeah. can't afford this and you can't do this because you don't have the money for it. Yeah. And it's like, no, get rid of all of that negative mindset and embrace what you are doing. Mm-hmm. And if the choice is to make, you know, to, to spend that money, enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> don't be like, oh my gosh, no, we decided to spend this money and oh, I don't want to. No, <laughs> embrace it and enjoy it. And that's where the, the real difference is, is changing that mindset about money and how you look at it, how you make those decisions to be really focused on your goals and how you do it together as a couple. You know, if you're if you have a spouse, it's really the most powerful thing to do is to become aligned with each other so that you're working towards the same goals together, because that's when we really see so much massive progress towards those goals is when both people are working mm. at it together. Awesome. Okay, sunshine. Well, if anybody wants to reach out, get to know you better and work with you, where they can find you, Karen. Sure. You can find me on our website, which is inspiremymoney.com. All one word, inspire my money. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn and happy to connect with anyone there as okay. well. All right. Perfect. And, and before we wrap up, thank you so much. But I want to ask you, <laughs> I had the question in my head. I always ask everybody a different question when we wrap up. But uh, if you could go back and change anything of you, what you have done since the moment that you decided to leave? Is there, is there anything that you want advice or anything that you would have changed? Ooh, since we decided to travel? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Because <laughs> I would say before that, I wish we would have done it sooner. Okay. <laughs> I wish we would have done it sooner. I wish that we'd have had that those conversations. You know, I wish it hadn't taken us to the very bottom of our relationship to, to come to this realization that we could do something different. Yeah. But since traveling, uh, I don't have regrets really Good. at all. Like I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's just been a life-changing experience for my husband and I, as well as for our two kids. How old are your kids, if I want? What age are they? Pardon. They're 14, 14 and nine now. Oh my God. That's a great age to travel. How they are, how are they finding it? Like how are they finding the whole experience? So our 14 year old, he was 12 when we left and it was a little bit of a transition for him for sure. We had moved several times. And so this was just like, oh, another move. Okay. And, you know, transitioning into the whole um, online schooling and all of that. Uh, Yeah, it was a little difficult, but we were really mindful that we wanted to do it before he entered high school Mm -hmm. so that it wasn't such of a removal from all these expectations that you have. Yeah. Um, But yeah, our nine-year-old was, she was seven when we left and she was just like, bring it on, mom. give me these experiences and just embraced it you know she's at a a more impressionable age and you know less structured into you know everything that had been planned already and so she was just a joy to to watch it happen and and just oh my experience that with her it's i think like traveling is the most amazing experience in the world i think it's just you get to see food 
people, cultures, like backgrounds. It's just it's so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Karen. So I'm going to drop your links over here in the thread. And if anybody wants to reach out to Karen, you can drop it here on the podcast as well. If you have any questions, but obviously reach out to her. It's awesome. So if you, you want to clear your money mindset, this is great though. It's really, I mean, I absolutely admire you for doing that. Like, you know, quitting your 20 year job and saying like, that's it. We're gone. Done. <laughs> Let's start over. I love it. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Maria. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. And thanks for everybody who's listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in, lovies. I love to hear your thoughts and opinions. So drop your comments or give us a shout. I'd like to get to know you more and what help and support do you need most to help you grow your business. I am Maria C. Krause and I help entrepreneurs become more visible by sharing their unique story, inspire, heal, and make a bigger impact. If you'd like to become a guest or a collaborator in any of our platforms or simply want to know about how I can help you take your business to the next level, you can find me on all social media platforms under Maria C. Krause or check out my website for freebies and updates at www.mariacrause.com. Make sure to follow us and share with your best besties to get your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to kick ass in life and in business. Love, like, and a wonderful day, whatever in the world you are. Bye.